0: Colossians chapter 1, we've been here, I guess this will be my fourth week. Um, I haven't always done this uh, as your pastor, but for the last month I've kind of been, I don't want to say stuck in a rut, I believe I've been stuck on, on, the, on the heart of God. Um, but I hope I haven't driven y'all into a ditch and y'all are ready for me to get out of it. Um, But it's been mainly on this walk. We are walking with God. This whole thing through the Sermon on the Mount that we're about to wind up, wrap up, um, is life instructions, is kingdom instructions for how we are to walk out our life with the challenges that we face, with the problems that that we face, with the enemies that we face, with the victories that we walk through, with the challenges that we have in relationship with our brother, with our sister, with our mom and dad with our coworker, with our spouse um, then it, it also deals with our heart with adultery with murder with anger with worry you know it's just really been a cleansing or an identif- uh, identifying areas in our life that need to need help and the Lord gives us the word to help us through those to help us fight against depression, for us to help fight against going off and getting off and not being able to get back on, the Lord giving us the direction when we fall off how to get back on. But we have to walk it out. We have so many issues that we walk through. I mean, how many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you faced an issue today that maybe you were successful on or that you failed on? Um, I will tell you that even as, as I've gone through this with you, the Sermon on the Mount, I am now reading my Bible looking for instruction for today. I don't know if you're doing that, but I am. I'm looking, I'm reading in the Old Testament, I'm reading in the New Testament. What are my instructions for today? God, what guidance do you have from your Word that I need for today? And uh, y'all know me, I'm in the One Year Bible. I highly encourage the One Year Bible. If if you've never heard of the One Year Bible, we sell them. We sell them for whatever Amazon.com sells them for. Um, We're not making any money on them. Uh, I think we do round up to the nearest dollar just to make it easier on you. But uh, the one-year Bible is just a systematic way of getting to read your Bible. How many of you know we're we're kind of a, a creature by habit? Any of you, when you go to Walmart, do you park in the same parking space? Have you ever thought about how weird that is? There's a thousand parking spaces, and we get sucked into one. Well, Nancy, I know Nancy, and I know Nancy prays for parking spaces. I'm not talking about at Walmart where I can always get the same space every single time. Now, unless it's Thanksgiving, and then I don't go to Walmart the day, before, the day after Thanksgiving. I don't go. Uh, amen. <laughs> but the one-year Bible offered me a systematic way of knowing that I can read through the Bible in a year. Before I started, I never thought I could do it. And Weight Watchers was the same way. I never thought I could lose weight. But Weight Watchers gave me a systematic way of losing weight, and it worked. Um, but the one-year Bible has really worked for me. I, me and my worship team started uh, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. And some, some of you, some of us have, have hung in there with it and have read it. Every, I've, I've stayed with it. Um, but I, I'm a little bit OCD in the fact that I... I read ahead, and I'm quite a bit ahead, but my reading today was 1 John chapter 1 and 1 John chapter 2. So I want to show you how this ties into where we are. We're in Colossians chapter 1. We started on the first part of the the chapter, and it talks about walking worthy of the Lord. Walking worthy, not walking perfectly. No one's perfect but walking worthy. And what that means is walking worthy of God is following Christ. If we follow Christ, we are on the correct path. Doesn't mean we don't stumble. Doesn't mean there's not potholes in your road every now and then. There is. Jesus went through challenges. When Jesus walked the earth, he had challenges. He was tempted in every way that we could ever be tempted. He was faced with everything that we could ever be faced with. So if we will follow Jesus, how do we follow Jesus? We follow his word. It says again in John chapter 1 that he, Jesus, is the word. So when we follow the word, we're following Jesus. When we follow Jesus, we are walking worthy of the Lord. We're not walking our path. We're walking his path. We're walking his will. We're walking out his commands, right? And when we mess up, we get back on. And the way to get back on is you repent You acknowledge what you've done. You come clean. You allow the blood of Jesus to wash you again, and you get back on track. That is still a walk worthy because I'm going to stumble. Jesus gave me the way when I stumble how to get back on track, so I'm still walking worthy. I stumbled, but I repented and got back on. We don't need to think, oh, I've messed up. If you've ever been on a diet and you mess up, you just go get a whole big gallon of ice cream, and you just blow it. I'm just going to blow it. Don't do that. You mess up, get back on track. Because of the redemptive power of Jesus Christ, he can redeem what it is that you've done. Don't go off the deep end. Don't run and think you can't ever get back. That's a lie. Get back on track. Now, why am I saying so much? Because everywhere I'm reading, the Lord is saying, it's easy to get off track, Just keep on track. I'm going to show you. Colossians chapter uh, 1, verse 24. And let me see if I can go quickly. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Now, I'm going to be a little teachy here for just a minute. Just hang in there with me. Paul sees that his suffering as a joyous privilege because he is identifying with Christ. He is seeing that as he is walking through these challenges, if, as long as he is walking worthy, he identifies with Christ. And there are blessings that go along with suffering for Christ. There are great blessings that go along with that. And we see that Jesus, Paul's identifying with Jesus, Jesus is identified with the church, his body, which is the church. That's us, we are the body. And he's filling up his flesh, what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. And this word afflictions is the Greek word philipsis. And it's the same word that's translated tribulation in John chapter 16. But this word afflictions or tribulations means pressures, oppression, stress, anguish, adversity, crushing, squashing, squeezing, distress. And it's kind of the picture of taking, uh, putting your hand on a stack of loose items and manually compressing them. Now, do you ever feel like that? That your life is just crushing in on you? That you are so stressed out that you've got too much going on? Here, Paul is saying, I've got a lot going on, but I'm rejoicing in this suffering because I identify with Christ Christ is the body, uh, the, uh, his body, which is the church. And I'm going to fill up what is lacking with him. I'm noticing that I'm, I'm, falling, I'm getting empty because of all these afflictions that are going on. So when I am empty, I need to fill up with Christ, not, with, not allow these pressures to suck me in, take me down. I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking. In the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body. He knows what to fill up with. So many times we get stressed, we get under pressure. He's filling himself up with the correct words, with the correct thoughts, with the correct encouragements. But so many times when we get under stress, under pressure, we fill up those voids with the wrong words. People speak over us and we allow those to stick Sometimes we even speak it over ourselves. I was speaking with somebody yesterday, and um, uh, this is an unsaved person, and I'm I'm trying to give them biblical advice, and it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge, and uh, this person is blatantly, um, not I mean, clear, you know, no decision's been made. So here I am trying to give encouragement and trying to lead them. I'm trying to just allow the Spirit of God to lead me, and I said, okay, I'm going to give you some biblical um, encouragement. I'm going to give you some biblical instruction, but I want you to know this instruction will work in the world too. God's, God's instruction crosses All borders it will work everywhere now the world's instruction will not god's instruction will if the world can grab hold of godly uh direction they will they will succeed if they sow seed it will reap right god's word will work with the lost and the saved So I said, do you remember the uh, Saturday Night Live skit, I'm good enough, I'm great enough, and doggone it, people like me. He's like, yeah, I remember that. I said, well, that's the self-fulfilling prophecy that's learning to speak over you good and not bad. He said, yeah, I get that. I said, well, that's scriptural, is to find out what God says about you, to learn how to speak into existence what is truth, not let these lies Attached to us. And as kids, as adults, as uh, married couples, um, even in the workforce, I was talking to somebody yesterday where their boss was just degrading them. For no reason. And uh, someone close to me, and I'm like, I don't know how much longer I would sit under that. That will get you. You've got to watch what's being said over you. And what Paul is saying here is that I'm not going to fill up my flesh with all that nonsense. I'm going to fill up my flesh with Christ. I am going to fill up my flesh with Christ. My flesh wants to go a different way, and I'm going to fight that flesh, and I'm going to fill that up. With Christ, not the wrong things. And what happens is when we get down, we allow the wrong images to go in front of our eyes. We al- al- allow the wrong substances. We allow the wrong words. We allow the wrong people. Let me tell you the wrong friends will mess you up. You need to be around the right friends, and you need to be a right friend. And we need to refill those empty places with truth, with the Word of God, with the Holy Spirit, with encouraging people. Amen? All right. Uh, you're going to see where I'm going, though. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God. It is our calling to fulfill the Word of God. Everywhere I read, have you, ever, uh, have you ever seen somebody in love or have you ever been in love and you're in that stage of infatuation and everywhere you look, you see that person. Everywhere you look, you think of that person. Every smell, every song, everything just makes you think of that person that you're in love with. You know, there are times in our life where the Lord is speaking and I feel, I, as I was worshiping, I was literally worshiping, thinking about this word that I had. And it was, it, was, it was like the Lord said, you remember how when you're in love, everywhere you look, you see that person. He said, well, that's what I'm trying to say to you. Everywhere you're trying to read, everywhere you're studying, I'm saying this. You can go try to read a, a book on worship. You can go try to read a book on leadership. But what I'm saying is this. Church, we can get off as people as church as churches as leadership we can get off the right path and you're going to see in John chapter 1 John chapter 1 and 1 John chapter 2 it's about you're, you can fall off the path but get back on it is our call to fulfill the word of god to learn the word of god to walk out the word of god to fulfill the word of god we take his word his will and we fulfill it Do you realize that, that you're a part of fulfilling the will of God? We are here to take the will of God. Imagine a will being read. We read His will and we go fulfill it. It's our instruction to move forward. Verse 26. To fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. We as Christians have been revealed to the Father through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit is revealing the mystery that's been hidden from the world, the mystery of the riches of His glory, which is what? It's Christ in us. That's we're supposed to get Christ in us and then go release that, like an infection, into the world. But we have to have it in us. This great thing that God is talking about is you. It's you. It's me. The hope of glory. The almost too good to believe gospel in me, in you, Christ in you. The hope of real glory is in the discovering Christ's very life in you. When you walk into Walmart, Christ walks into Walmart. When you go and interact with someone hurting, it is Christ interacting with them. That is the mystery. That is the hope of glory. Is Christ in you. And when you show up, what you show up with. But we show up like Beavis and Butthead. With nothing to offer, we don't do anything. We don't say anything. We don't let our light shine at all. Forgive me. I never watched that show, but sometimes I walk into a situation and think, man, I was such a doofus. I've got Christ in me. I have what this person needs. It's not me. It's Christ in me. I can meet that need. And I may not have $5 in my pocket. I don't need $5 in my pocket. All I need is Christ. It's exciting. Do you know what you're walking around with? Do you, know who is, who's, do you know who's your daddy? Verse 28, in him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. It's about to get heavy. This is about to get heavy on us. And to this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. What are we supposed to do? We are supposed to know his word well enough for it to flow out of us, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. You know what that would mean if we were able to walk, to warn every man and teach every man in wisdom? It would mean we would have that wisdom. It would mean that the decisions that we make would be different. We should be different. We should be transformed. We should be transforming into the image of Christ. It is not enough to come in here and say, well, I heard that whole sermon on the mountain. That was good. And I'm, you know, I, I, that, was, that was good stuff. No, we should be changing right before people's eyes. Physically, spiritually, it should be noticeable. Salt is noticeable. When I eat something without salt, I notice it. When I eat something with salt, I notice it. It's appealing. I want another bite. We should be different. Church on the Hill, it is our call to be different. All of this that we've been learning with the Sermon on the Mount, this walk we're supposed to be walking out, This hearing and doing the will of the Father, yes, it is for our victorious walk. It is for our victory, but it's also for us to spread it, to infect the world, every man, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom so that we can present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. It is our calling to to lead every man to Christ. You know, you would think that I spend most of my time dealing with the lost. I don't. Yesterday is a very um, uh, uh, non-unnormal, abnormal, thank you. (laughs) I do that all the time. Abnormal. But because we get in our own circles. I was watching some videos on missions on how even missionaries go into Christian areas. Rarely do missionaries go into completely non-Christian areas, areas that have never had Christ. Well, we do that in our, in our circles. We go and have Bible studies with other Christians. We go and have women's meetings with other Christians. We go to conferences with other Christians. We have a marriage conference with other Christians. Rarely do we ever bring up the subject, are you saved? No, I'm not. Well, shoot. Now what do I do? Speak. Start talking. Pray. You know, you can pray a five-second prayer. Holy Spirit, lead me right here. And open your mouth. Now, this person I met with, uh, he didn't, he's not saved. He still isn't saved. But I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God to be talking through me. To get this opportunity to be able to reach him. To plant a seed. I can't save him. I've got nothing To save him. I cannot get somebody to heaven. Only Christ can do that. But I have that to offer. Silver and gold have I none. But what I do have I'll give to you. Get up and walk. You've been on your mat your whole life. Get up and walk. The Lord desires to heal you. The Lord desires to save you. The Lord desires to rescue you from what you're going through. Now I'm out of time but I want to read to you John chapter 1 and 1st John chapter 1 and 1st John chapter 2 just to give you an idea of where I am as I'm praying for you. When we learn his word, his ways and walk in them as we walk, it says that we as we strive that his working, which means his actions, his operative power, his energy works in us. Do you realize that when we walk according to God's word and we try to walk that out, now what kicks in is supernatural power. Now Jesus shows up and moves. Did you see in Scripture when Jesus was there what he did? When you show up with his word, with his direction, fulfilling his will, you are doing what Jesus did and his power is going to come through you. And it's going to be unbelievable. 1 John chapter 1. That which, I was from, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was so manifested to us. Now don't go to sleep on me. Hang in there. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you may also have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. If you can see, he is taking the word and is telling it to the people that are around him. What I have to offer, I am called to give to you. So let me give this to you. This is John giving this to the, to the people. This message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, here it comes. If we say that we have fellowship him fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth what's he saying this is how to identify if you're on the right track or not right but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us You know what that's saying? That's saying if we say we don't need God, and in our saying, we would never say that. Even as Christians, we wouldn't say we don't need God. But if we never seek after God, if we never go after him, if we never start to learn who he is, if we never are even concerned about some of the stumbles that we have, it says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, can you see that John is talking to those that he's saying, you're saying you're saved, but if you're not walking in it, then something's wrong. But he's even saying, even if you are walking in it and you sin, if you'll confess that sin, you'll stay on the right track. He's not saying that if you mess up, you can't get back on track or that you don't have the love of God in you. He's saying if you mess up and you have the love of God in you, you'll confess your sin and get back on track. 1 John chapter 2, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, again, if you mess up, John's not saying we have to walk a perfect life. He's not saying that if you sin, you don't have the light. He's saying if you live in darkness, you don't have the light. But if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness This is the part that we as Christians need when we mess up. If we don't mess up, what do we need an advocate for? But when we mess up, you have an advocate. You know what that means? It means you're you're there on trial and you have someone to represent you. And you know, the great thing is, it's kind of awesome to think that when when the judge says, guilty or not, not guilty, Jesus doesn't plead not guilty. He pleads his blood. He pleads the blood of Jesus that covers that guilty. And it removes it. He doesn't say we're not guilty. We are guilty. We did mess it up. That sin that you're accusing of, I did it. Jesus, our advocate, yep, he did it. But I cover him. And when I cover him, I cover him as one that's perfect. I did not sin. And I paid that price. Judge, that price was paid. Do you know why? Because he confessed. He repented of that sin. And my blood covered that. And he is himself as the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the whole world. That sinner... Jesus paid the price for him, that sinner that you're working with. Now, by this we know him, that we know him, if we keep his commandments. How do we know that we know him? If we're following his word, right? Are we still on the right? Okay. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, do you remember just from two weeks ago in the Sermon on the Mount, those, there are going to be those Christians, those in the church that's going to cry out, Lord, Lord, and the Lord's going to say, I don't know you. Here it is repeated again in 1 John. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. That he says he abides in him ought to himself. Also walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment that you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eye. That's it. Wears me out. I'm like you. I'm ready to move on. But the Lord say, no. You are too valuable. And it is too easy for us to get off track. It is too easy. I want to encourage you, encourage you, encourage you. Get in the Word daily. Get your instructions from God and walk them out. He will lead you and guide you to all truth. He will identify the lies in your life. He will identify the things that you need to get away from. But the thing is, when it's identified, you need to get away. And the things that he's leading you to, you need to cling to. Find out that which is good and hang on to it. There there is good out there for you to grab hold of. Regardless of what kind of hell you are walking through, there is a way out. And it starts by the Word of God. Amen. I want to encourage you. It will work. I believe God loves to be tried in what He says. I believe He loves you to take His Word and try Him prove the Lord to be faithful. He loves to prove himself faithful. Why? Because he's faithful. It's his character. And you know what he wants you to be? Faithful. Let's walk it out. Y'all stand up with me. Well, Father, I just want to say I hear what you're saying. Lord, we hear that you are crying out, that you are calling your church to prepare for the bridegroom to come, to prepare as a bride would prepare. And Lord, the only way for us to be prepared is by the blood of Jesus. The only way is to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, to take his instruction and to follow him. Lord, in Jesus' name, Awaken our spirit. Awaken our minds to truth. And Lord help us to walk in it. And Father, I thank you that when we fall, we have a way back. If we would just confess our sin. It says if we would confess our sin one to another, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Just right where you sit right now, come clean with God. He already knows. Don't miss this moment to get clean. What are you battling? Turn. Make a decision right now to turn. Turn from that. And start walking in the will of God. I just pray for you right now that the Lord would just move in your hearts and that you would begin to walk. You would begin to walk worthy. That you would begin to walk in victory. That as you walked, that the Lord would just bless you incredibly. Make a way for you that you, you, you can't make on your own. Save us, Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Save us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday morning, 9.15, Sunday school, 10.30, uh, Sunday morning worship. God bless you.